people for some reason like to talk to me <laughs> about everything which is fine I like you know being the person that like people talk to and like share their secrets with mm-hmm. so I was fine with it and they would talk to me about you know their intimate relationships and me being a virgin I was like I don't know how to help you but I'll google it Welcome to another episode of the Authentic Wellness Podcast. Today I have with you, with us, not just me, I was going to say me because I like to hoard her for myself sometimes, but I have <laughs> Michaela Rickard. She is a future sexologist. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds so damn sexy to me. So <laughs> don't be giggling before I get carried away because I'm fangirling right now before I get carried away I'll let Michaela introduce herself because she's just so fucking awesome I think I cannot do her justice so Michaela please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them what a future sexologist does and let us get to know you better all right hi my name is Michaela I am 23 years old I'm currently going to UCF. I will be graduating with my bachelor's in clinical psychology, hoping to get my master's in marriage and family counseling. And then from there, I hope to get accredited with the um, American Psychological Sexual Association. I think that's the order that goes in. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing now. I run a social media account called Learner of Love dedicated to mass educating the public about the importance of comprehensive sex education, sensuality, and generally having a good sex life. Oh, so what, right off the bat, I have questions. I have questions. All right. What constitutes a good sex life? The main factors that you should take into consideration in order to have a good sex life is first and foremost, self-love, if not self-love, self-appreciation. Next, you wanna have great communication because everybody knows you can't get what you want if you don't ask for it. Mm -hmm. And I think third, it would probably be a respectful and loving and open-minded partner because you can be the best person, the most progressive person, but if your partner isn't on the same page as you, it ain't gonna work out. Okay, I hear that. It, but that sounds like things that apply to not only a sexual relationship, but any relationship. Yeah, um, sex is a fundamental human need. And when it comes to fundamental human needs, they can pretty much go across the board. So the values that you have in the bedroom can transcend the bedroom and go towards your business relationships towards your family and your personal relationships and friendships because really what it comes down to is being a respectful and loving person that has space not only for themselves but for others and you can make that professional you can make that intimate it doesn't really matter okay so it sounds like again where we need to start when we are in any type of relationship or before we even go on to a relationship is check out Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. Okay, cool beans. So if y'all don't know what that is, I'll put a picture up on on the show notes. 
because you need to have these needs met mostly by yourself because I heard her say self-love, self-appreciation, mm -hmm. but you also have to do that within yourself and then look outward for someone else who can meet you where you are and y'all can grow together. Exactly. It's what, it's like what everybody says. You have to have your own cup full before you can fill somebody else's. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think that was a great, that was a great note. Definitely your hierarchy of needs. And like, once you, once you get to a place where you are like, okay, I think I'm good. I may not be perfect. Cause let's be real. Nobody is perfect. But once you get to a place where you're like, I think I can do this now. It's okay if your cup isn't completely full, but just make sure you are around people who aren't going to, you know, take all of you, but just take some of you and then give you some of them. Okay, perfect. That sounds good. That's definitely in line with where I am. And when I have my clients, because I transitioned from being the courageous coach to the authentic wellness coach, because it's fine and dandy to be courageous, but you have to be authentic and be okay mm -hmm. within yourself before you get to that courage part. Right. So I kind of stepped back, I pivoted and here I am. Yeah. So how did you get interested in this? What did you see? What happened in life that made you want to go this route? Um, this question is always really, uh, interesting for me because I always end up reflecting in ways that I didn't initially reflect when I was deciding what I wanted to do but if I go way 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 back like in all diapers, of your 23 years <laughs> exactly <laughs> if I go like back to my diapers mm -hmm. I always hear like funny stories from my parents saying that I used to like take off my diaper and walk around like you know naked and whatever whatever and then as I got older, I, you know, with the advent of the internet and social media and all of that, I was exposed to things maybe at too young of an age. Maybe I was a little bit um, led astray by some of my older friends, you know, and I was seeing sort of like intimate things that I feel like an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old probably shouldn't see. And that's nobody's fault, you know, right. kids are kids and you can't police them all the time and then I got older and I was like oh I think I like boys and then I was like well how do I know if somebody likes me or why do I like boys but my friend says that she likes girls and then why do I like this boy but he told me that he likes boys so then that the the idea of sexuality started to roll around in my head and then funnily enough when I got to high school people for some reason like to talk to me about everything, which is fine. I like, you know, being the person that like people talk to and like share their secrets with. Mm -hmm. So I was fine with it. And they would talk to me about, you know, their intimate relationships and me being a virgin. I was like, I don't know how to help you, but I'll Google it. So I ended up being like the designated sexologist in my friend group when in reality, all I was doing was you know, Googling things and trying to find reputable sources Okay. while they didn't want to do that. And I ended up finding some uh, sexologists on YouTube, actually. One of them, her name is Dr. Lindsay Doe. She um, runs Sexplanations on YouTube. And then my all-time favorite girl, Shannon Boudram, now Shannon Brady. She's also a sexologist. And from there, I was like, oh, this can be a job. Right. I want to do this. 
Yeah, get paid for what you love. Right. So then let me backtrack because you had mentioned being exposed to things that probably a kid should not have been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Is there such a thing as protecting your kids from being overly sexualized at a young age? Absolutely. This is actually a topic that I have been sort of researching myself and sort of like having little thought experiments about. And I think it's important mostly to protecting your children from the objectification of the United States, because let's be real, everything in our country is sexualized. Think about Carl's Jr. and their burger commercials. Think about Ashley Madison billboards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like out in the open for people to see. Um, and then, of course, you know, movies, TV shows. There's some pretty explicit content on what is supposed to be like a young adult shows like Riverdale or Teen Wolf. Right. But I think if you start young and you're honest, about the body and how it works. And when your kids have questions, instead of saying, don't talk about that, or instead of giving you know, a different name to their, their intimate areas, like instead of saying vagina and you say coochie or hoo-ha, I think it's important to be open and honest with them that is appropriate for their age. Right. Because studies have shown that children who know the names of their anatomy are more likely to speak up if they are being sexually assaulted and may even be less likely to be sexually assaulted because they understand that these are my special areas and they're not supposed to be touched by anybody if I don't want them to be touched. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I learned something today. Well, thank you. <laughs> awesome sauce. Now, let's let's pivot a little bit. That's my new Mm -hmm. word, pivot. I like it. (laughs) I understand that you are of mixed race. Right. And what was that like for you growing up? Mm. I think I really started to understand that I was different from my, I guess it's like mono race. I don't know, like my full race peers. When I was in... I want to say like fourth or fifth grade, mm-hmm. people would always ask me like, are you Hispanic or what are you? Mostly was, are you Hispanic? Because back when I was younger, I was like kind of darker and I had the curly hair, but then I also had light eyes. So they were just confused. But one time I saw my friend from like fifth grade at Walmart and he was like, is that your dad? Or my dad is black and Jamaican. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, are you adopted? And I'm like, no (laughs) why would I be adopted that's when I really started to understand that I was different then going into FCAT because since we're in Florida we have like the FCAT which is a standardized test and you always have to put your race on standardized tests so they can do like demographics or whatever Mm -hmm. and I remember when we first started FCAT in third grade being so confused as to what I was supposed to put down as my race because back when I started the FCAT they did not have an other or a mixed race option. All they had was non-Hispanic Latino, Hispanic Latino, white, black, Pacific Islander, or Asian. That was it. Oh. And I was like, what do I put? And I didn't ask the teacher, but I was like, I'll just put black. Someday, sometimes I would put black, sometimes I would put white. It just depended on how I felt. And then I remember one day taking the FCAT and there was an option for other. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. 
other. Right. <laughs> and yeah, and then, you know, conversations of hair and cultural yeah. appropriation. And when I was younger, um, my oldest cousin would braid my hair in cornrows when, she, when I would visit her. And I love them. I adored having my hair braids. And then I would get to school and then kids would be like making fun of me. And I'm like, why are you making fun of me? And then I got older and I was like, oh, it's because I straight up look not black at all. Mm-hmm. But then I got older and my black friends were like, dude, like black people can tell you're black. And I was like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> girl, I knew you were black. She's like, the white people are the ones who can't tell that you're black. And I'm like, I'm just so confused. I want to have braids, but I feel like I, I, like people seeing me on the street will think I'm just another white woman appropriating their culture. But like my dad is black. And like, how do I take that? battle into like the world you know what I mean right I'm still working on it now but I definitely feel more comfortable saying like I feel more comfortable saying I'm mixed because I didn't necessarily grow up within black American culture because generally speaking the mother of the family is the one that continues the culture so mixed kids with black moms often identify as black whereas mixed kids with white moms identify either as white or mixed true i've seen that but i can tell you from just my experience i have many nieces and nephews who are mixed and i don't think i've ever seen them as anything other than my nieces and nephews they were the kids running around the house or the kids that came over at christmas or they were just the kids. And when mm-hmm. we when they were with me, it was just like, hey, auntie, or hey, you know, whatever, hey, uncle, or whatever. It's it's just that's what it is. And I don't know. I I want to get offended for you <laughs> if somebody says, What are you? Because pardon my my French, that's not really French, but bitch, I'm a human. Right. <laughs> that's right. what I am. So I I don't know, has that ever been your reaction? I'm a human being. It's not, what am I? Ask me, who am I? Right. I think I had that initial reaction when I was younger. Like people, when I started getting asked, like, what, what are you? What are you mixed with? I came home and asked my parents and my mom was like, well, you are Jamaican, you're Italian, you're Irish, you're this, you're that, you're da, 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 da. And my dad was like, oh, well, your dad is black so you're black that's what you are so for a while people would say what are you and then I would list every single drop of anything that I was mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> I later I just I'm just comfortable saying that I'm mixed and even like when I got to high school people were like what are you you have interesting features I'm like what do you mean I have interesting features like I don't know it's it, it's strange the shade <laughs> But anyway, regardless as to what you are, I mean, of course, human, but Mm -hmm. you're an awesome human being. And I've always seen you as such because the things you do, the things you say, your, your ventures always amaze me. So just remember that I think you're just amazing. So forget what everybody else says, because I'm the only one. Got it. All right. (laughs) So let me ask you about some of your side hustles Mm -hmm. you um I see you do social media management Mm -hmm. how did you get into that that like 
the sexologist in you said, hey, let me manage social media as well? <laughs> um, no, actually, my I was working at a retail establishment and they ended up closing March of this year. Aww. And forever, my dad has been like, Michaela, help me with my social media. Help me record videos. Help me do this. Help me do that. Because he's a realtor. And it's since he's like self-employed, he is his own marketer. Mm -hmm. And he saw that I, you know, um, he saw what I was doing with my own social media and with YouTube, because I also have a YouTube channel. And he was like, can you help me, please? And I was like, all right, fine. I have the time now since I don't have another job. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started helping him. And then um, his realtor friends were like, hey, I need help with my social media. And then my mom with her credit repair business was like, can you help me? And I was like, okay, guys, listen, I'm going to need some compensation. Right. <laughs> and that's just kind of how it, it started. And honestly, I, I, social media is like what I grew up on. So I'm more privy to it than they are. But if I had it my way, I would just edit videos. Like I love editing videos, whether that be for IGTV, YouTube, Instagram stories. TikTok, whatever. I just, I like editing videos and I think it's really fun, but social media is, I think where I can get my in on that. And then once I'm established, I can be like, Hey, I'm just going to do videos. Okay. So you start out broad and then you're going to just niche down. Right. Okay. Got you. Got you. Now, are you taking on other clients or is it just relegated to family? I am taking on other clients, but if I end up getting to a point where I'm like, I'm way too overwhelmed, I will stop. But as of right now, I am open to more clients. Okay. And since your parents, they are entrepreneurs as well, mm -hmm. will you think about just teaching them how to do it so they can get by on the, during the times where you're probably doing finals or stuff like that? Yeah. So my mom is more open to learning about it than my dad is because he's like, I got you. I don't need to do it. But if he had to, he would. But my mom is already almost pretty much doing everything herself on her um, on her business. Okay, Instagram well, go account. Mom. We got to get her on here too then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. So I see that you like gardening as well. Yes, I love gardening. Um I've always wanted to garden and there have been attempts made by myself to garden, but I just never had the time or the space or like the area to garden because our backyard is mostly concrete with a deck. So I didn't really have any ground space, mm -hmm. but at the start of the pandemic, as everybody did, they, um, my dad was like, Hey, I'll build you a raised bed and then you can grow a food. And I was like, yes, absolutely. And then from there, I just, I just skyrocketed. I have a mango tree that I started from seed. I have an avocado tree that I started from seed. I have a bunch of herbs. I grow kale. I have a huge thing of ginger. I just harvested like 50 peppers off of my pepper plant and made um, right. chili jam and stuff. So yeah, it's like my, my starting or like my practice for my homestead because I really want to live on a homestead. Oh girl, you're going to homestead too? Yes, I want to be 100% percent 
off grid. These are very big dreams. <laughs> I want to be 100% off grid. I want to be self-sustaining. I want to have livestock. I want to barter with my neighbors for, you know, for um, services or for whatever goods they have. And I just think it'd be, it'd be like really fun. And I'm, I'm just tired of living in the suburbs. <laughs> okay. Okay. So are you a low key hippie? Tell me about this. What, what's your <laughs> end game here? I'm a high key hippie. I would <laughs> definitely say <laughs> my mom used to call me a hippie all the time. I'm like, honestly, yeah, I am. Um, I don't shave my legs. I use natural deodorant. Yes, I am a hippie. But um, yes, I, I just, some of it is environmental impact, but let's be real, one person going off grid isn't going to make a huge difference. But I also think, you know, showing people that there is an alternative lifestyle, they don't have to get everything from the grocery store. Even if you do live in the suburbs, you can throw a tomato plant in your backyard and then you don't have to buy tomatoes from the grocery store. And I think it's important to show people that there's another way to live. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I have this picture of you in my mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I see you with the long Laura Ingalls Wilder dress and you're living in a yurt. Is, um, is, that, is that too much? Am I doing too much with my mind here? <laughs> so like I've, yurts are very interesting and I think it would be fun to like, live in a year for like a month but I don't I don't see that as a long-term thing I definitely want I want like the like the far like the farmhouse on a on a lot of land and then like there's some cows but it's a one-story farmhouse and it has running water and electricity and okay. internet and all that but I want to also go outside to get my food for the garden instead of to the grocery store Okay, so no windmills supplying your power and things like that. Oh, oh, I want a water mill and solar panels. Okay, okay, gotcha. I, okay, I can, I can, I can dig that. I can dig that. I'm, I'm following now. I, I think I went a little bit too far, but with my imagination. But it happens. Right. It's like modern and historical fusion or something like that. Okay. Well, I think you are the perfect person to bring that to life because you just. You're a, um, a big bowl of creativity. <laughs> so, so I love it. Now, let me ask you, in a perfect world, mm -hmm. what would your day be like? Let's see. It would probably start with me in an ideal world. This ideal. is not the case. <laughs> this is not the case today, but in, in my dream world, I would probably waking, be waking up before the sun rose, going um, out to my animals. I want cows, chickens, and pigs not to eat, just to have, because I like the aesthetic and they're cute. I would, I would be tending to those animals, and then once the sun rose, I would come back inside, I'd make breakfast the family or maybe the husband made breakfast or something and then I would do some you know like schooling with the kids maybe they're going to school half of the day who knows but they're definitely getting some homeschooling done and then I would spend the rest of the day in the garden or doing some sort of internet show or recording a video for my you know sex education audience and yeah, it would be a lot of at home in the garden, 
or doing some sort of creative thing, like maybe painting or listening to music and dancing. <laughs> gotcha. That, that sounds beautiful. It really does. So give us listening people advice for those who want to follow in your footsteps, because as much as we enjoy mm -hmm. the, the world as it is today, there are those like yourself who have a creative mind and who want to do things differently. Mm -hmm. What advice can you share with them? This is, this is, this is a, kind of like a, a knock to my ego because my dad would tell me this all the time and I would never listen, but just start because the most difficult thing for me both growing up and even now starting my own social media man management business was feeling like I didn't know enough or feeling like I wasn't prepared enough to start. I wasn't prepared enough to start a garden. I wasn't prepared enough to start my social media business. I wasn't prepared enough to start a YouTube channel or um, even my sex education um, Instagram account. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you will learn along the way. And even though you may feel that there's already so many of whatever it is you want to do, nobody is doing it the way you would do it. And I think that's an important thing to remember, no matter what field you're doing, real estate, you know, um, therapy, influencing, nobody's doing it the way you would do it. And there will always be somebody who has a taste for the way that you do it. Awesome. So I hear you saying, no matter how saturated the market may be, mm -hmm. there is, there's only one you, right? and you will appeal to someone. Absolutely. Perfect. That's, that's what I heard. So I'm just glad I got it right. <laughs> so Michaela, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your greatness with us. Can you tell us where we can find you on the World Wide Web? Yes. So I am at learner of love on instagram i am also at mick rick m-i-k-r-i-c-k that is my personal account and on youtube i am just michaela rickard you are the michaela rickard girl <laughs> so i thank you again for joining us today on the authentic wellness podcast again you are amazing i just love your vibe and everything about you and I hope we see more of you soon. Awesome. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, my dear. Take care. Thanks, you too.